Welcome back, everyone. I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be discussing the depaganization of Mark chapters 6 and 7. The first note is about corrections made to chapter 6, verse 7, which now reads, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve disciples to him. He sent them out two by two to teach the good news. Jesus did not have the power to grant others the spiritual gifts of healing and casting out demons because these gifts only came with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The disciples were not capable of performing these miracles until after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon them with these gifts. Until his ascension, Jesus Christ was the only person on earth to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the associated gifts of casting out demons, healing, and prophecy. The pagans wanted to portray the disciples as being a group of sorcerers' apprentices. The next note is about the revision of verse 13. The passage that followed the orders Jesus gave to his disciples to teach the good news in the original testimony sequence has been moved to the end of this chapter. The story of Herod's beheading of John the Baptist is not relevantly connected to the text in the testimony where it appeared in Mark's telling of it. But the event has merit for establishing the proof of how Jesus knew that John the Baptist was Elijah. The event might not have been part of Mark's original testimony, but pagans inserted it into the text at an inappropriate and illogical location. The appearance of this event misplaced in this testimony is clearly evidence of pagan editorialization that attempted to place details from another testimony into this one in order to impose validity upon the text. There really is only one valid testimony of the event that was merely copied three times by pagan editorialization and fraudulent embellishment. This knowledge comes from the Holy Spirit. The next note in chapter 6 is about the omission of verses 30 through 35. The passage about walking on water has been omitted for being a paganized example attributing the powers of sorcery to Jesus Christ. Pagans fraudulently attributed this ability to walk on water and calm the seas to Jesus, but he had not been given these powers by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not given power over nature because this power God gave only to the archangel Uriel. Uriel has proven this power to mankind throughout history, particularly in the time of Noah with the great flood and with Moses in the parting of the Red Sea. The event fabricated in this testimony is a fraud repeated in other testimonies as an attempt to give the lie validity. Plagiarizing and repeating the fraud did not make it true. The inclusion of this fraud was a curse created by the Antichrist because it implied Jesus had the forbidden powers of sorcery given to those who worshipped Adonel, one of the fallen angels and a cohort of Satan. The curse is removed in the depaganization of the testimonies. The final note for this chapter is about verse 55, which is the text moved from verse 13 to the end of this chapter. Verse 55 says, On hearing this, John's disciples came, took his body, laid it in a tube, and reported the event to Jesus. The details of John's execution are made clear by moving them to the end of this chapter and adding information that aligns this inclusion with Matthew's testimony regarding the event. Jesus knew about John's execution before they met again during the transfiguration event and Jesus told his disciples that they had known Elijah as John the Baptist. Knowing about John's demise before the transfiguration event is a critical matter for understanding the reason Jesus had for telling his disciples not to talk about what they saw on the mountain. If other people knew that Elijah, who had been John the Baptist, was still alive, 
then there would have been no acceptance for the miracle of Christ's resurrection. There are clues in the paganized testimony of John that suggests John, the brother of James, betrayed Jesus by talking about the appearance of Elijah before Christ's crucifixion. John may have actually been Christ's betrayer and not Judas, but only Jesus knows for sure. The first note for chapter 7 is about verses 3 and 4, which read, The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. The information presented in this passage indicates that the writer named Mark, or an editor who copied his testimony, was not Jewish, because Jewish culture would have been common knowledge to anyone who was a Jew. The writer would not have bothered to provide this additional information except that Romans were the intended audience. This alteration becomes proof that pagan editorialization occurred, and leaving these notes within the text substantiates the claims in this depaganizing effort that pagans editorialized the text. Only pagan Romans would have needed this explanatory material, but it would not have been necessary to include details about the traditions of Jewish peoples for the benefit of Jews. The purpose those heretics had in their paganization of the testimony was to justify the message of Jesus Christ to pagans after altering it to fit their own beliefs. The next note is a correction of the misquotation appearing in verses 6 through 7, which now say, He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied as it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their reverence towards me is taught by their precepts and doctrine of men. The original was a misquote of Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 13. The misquote was another example of erroneous pagan editorialization, and the meaning is decidedly different when quoted accurately. The pagan editors often misquoted Hebrew text intentionally because they did not think anyone would ever discover their fraud. A majority of scriptural references they make are alterations of truth, and their vain attempt to use scripture are always inaccurate and out of context. Their ignorance makes it easy to identify their fraud as curses. Unfortunately, the plethora of this evidence has been historically ignored by pagans and heretic scholars whose efforts have been to further conceal the lie created by Catholic heretics and the Antichrist. The depaganization reveals their crimes. The next note is about the omission of fraudulent characterization in verse 18. The question, Are you so dull? has been omitted for being contradictory of the character of Jesus Christ. The editorialization is an attempt to mischaracterize Jesus as condescending to his disciples by portraying him as conceited and a megalomaniac instead of being humble and having humility. The true character of Jesus was that he was compassionate and patient with his disciples. He would not have treated them with disdain, as this line suggests. It was a curse of contradiction now removed. The next note is about the omission of chapter 7 verses 32 through 37. The passage was about Jesus spitting into the man's mouth and saying magic words. It's disgusting. It is clearly an example of pagan and fraudulent editorialization that attempted to portray Jesus as performing an act of sorcery. A careful review of all occurrences of someone spitting in these testimonies will reveal that this behavior was a curse. Spitting and saying magic words are the actions of sorcery, and this passage was a curse upon the text. There are many curses like this one being removed in the depaganization effort that people have come to believe are true. 
The gift of healing by the power of the Holy Spirit does not involve spitting into someone's mouth or saying magic words. Compare all uses of the word spit or spitting elsewhere in the testimonies. All other references to people spitting are insults. Beware the curse of the Antichrist in these omitted passages, and this effort reveals many of those lies that blasphemers and heretics have put into this text. May God bless you to know the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus healed by the power of God's Holy Spirit and not by magic words or spitting into someone else's mouth. Anyone reading this who still believes this text is completely accurate and truthfully the word of God should just go and spit in someone else's mouth in an act of true faith to heal someone who cannot speak. The action will surely prove how disgusting and false the curses added into the testimonies actually are because spitting into someone else's mouth will not cure that person of any inability to speak. No person, especially not Jesus, has ever spit into the mouth of a mute person to enable that person to speak. The pagan editorialization in this passage was a complete fraud and a curse that has been removed. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.